Three decades later, Jim is back home in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Me too. Are you worth the money? No. Well, then give it back. <laughs> no, I like making a buck just like the next guy. I can do a lot of push-ups. What can you do? In a row? Yeah. Six. Nice. You? Uh, probably could do 25 in a row. Want to do them with me? No. <laughs> oh, come on. That would be great TV. Uh, you're doing good. You're doing good. Knock out 60 right now. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, Change your arm angle. 59. 60. Go blue! Michigan football, it's back. Jim's back. I'm back. Backflip. Mm, do that, Eisen. Go blue. Live from downtown Detroit, it's no BS news hour with my main man, Tony! I'm noticing everybody on this show starting to just do what the fuck they want to do. Isn't that what you said earlier? What? Do what you want to do. What, what do you mean? What context? Uh, you know, I don't know. You didn't explain. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean I said that? Because if I said that, then yeah. Am I getting fired again? No, because I get, I get the shitty email. I Stop can't. firing Mark. I try and I try Stop and I try. Stop being mean. <laughs> To get fired. There was a, you cut out the part of me with the feathered hair. <laughs> what? Male football cheerleader. I know. It's a long story. Tell us, Charlie. Well, I'm not going to. No. No. Just give us context. <laughs> no. Look at that. It was there if Mark had just done it. And then Jesus hit me going off on vacation. I didn't even know he was on vacation. Did you, Mark, did you know? I, I knew the morning that we needed him. That yeah. he was on his way. <laughs> I was like, what am I? He decided oh, he to go home. He decided to go home. That's nice. He, he needed a break, I'm sure. Well, there is good news. At least at least my, my daughter, who likes baking, is starting to clean up the fucking kitchen after right. she cooks. All right. So there's that. Good. Fix it in post. <laughs> Silver lining in every cloud. Well, I can't fix it in post now because then that totally ruins the beginning of the show where I got fired. No, well, now he's firing himself. See, so he's doing what he wants, Karen. Oh, I don't want to quit. I want severance. I'm send you to Mexico, man. The one-way ticket in here. Going to Mexico. Charlie, you can still wear your sweater. Yeah, all these years. Yeah, this uh, the backstory. It's Michigan football cheerleader. This is my letter sweater. Look at that. Still fits. Look at that. Looks good. <laughs> you know, and then that was when Harbaugh came back. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the whole, you know, the obscene amount of money he was making, the whole point being, just win, Jim. All you got to do is win. Do you know that the top 50 college football coaches in the United States make 30 times the money that the 50 governors mm -hmm. of the United States wow. make? It's our priority, yeah. Charlie. I mean, athletes make more than teachers and or, or law enforcement or first responders. That's where our priorities lie. Big so, business. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I mean, who said make it business? Well, who who said make it business? Uh, the television contracts. The television mm -hmm. contracts, right? Mm -hmm. All those shiny suited pinheads with the with the moose in their hair, and you know <laughs> all the 
goofball losers on sports radio who are trying to turn the university into a gambling den. That's what they're doing. Well, that's yeah. what it is now. The whole country, they're turning into a gambling mm-hmm. den. Mm-hmm. That's it. I say no. So the, the point was, I told you, I told you then, I'll tell you now, and I'll tell you tomorrow. I like Jim Harbaugh. He's a honorable guy. He runs clean programs. You know, he tries to create young men. He recites poetry to them. Hey, bro, bro, what's up? Can you, can you work? Is everybody doing what they want to do? <laughs> How is he bothering you, Charlie? Because I'm looking right at him and nobody knows. Then ignore him. Focus on what you're talking about. How can about. I fo- focus on? We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Don't what be so crew. distracted. That's Byron for anybody listening or can't see. And Byron's getting ready because we're going to Mexico, dude. That's what we're doing. Yeah, so he's got to get ready. He wants you know, to be so, sure. Envíanos uh, suit oraciones. See. Send us your prayers because we're going to go find out what's happening. First hand. And then you asked me, like, what, what, what do you, what did you? No, I asked, I said, Charlie, what is it that you want to know uh, by going there? What are you going to find out? And you said you want to go see for yourself. You just yeah. want to see what it's like. I and say, that's fair enough. I say, I don't know. Like, that's, and that's fair enough. That's reporting. You just go and you find out. But that's an objective approach. So you're not going with an end in mind. You're going open-minded to see what's actually going on. Right. That's how it's supposed to be. And so that's so it was with Jim Harbaugh. Was, it, was that in the piece? Because I was so stunned. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> saying he wasn't worth the $5 million a year. Yep. Yeah. And you asked him if he'd give it back. That part was not in the piece. And he said it no. wasn't. I don't know. I don't remember anymore. Oh, was it? I did so many. Yeah, you I did asked so him, many you of my own edits. You back. did. I thought we, we sat here and ironed it out, and it's like all messy. You asked him if he would give it back, and he said no. No. Yeah. Why would he? That's business. I right. mean, so why would he negotiate a contract and then say, "Yeah, I'm not really worth it. Here's your money back." Here's what I've expected from it. As a grad from there, as a guy to hug around, you know, the athletic campus. Create some decent young people, some distractions, some things to do, teach them some ethics and morals and camaraderie and how to conduct yourself and be physically your best and mentally your best. And what, is that old-fashioned and hokey? I'm, I'm stupid? No. I like winning, but it's, it's not the whole thing. But at what cost? That's the, that's, the, that's the bigger question. You know, and then when he's, you know, you, you live here, you know, and then, okay, year, year one, he goes 10 and 2, not good enough. Next year, 10 and 2, not good enough. Not with that roster. 8 and 5, fire him. Mm-hmm. Now, here you go. Right? Now we everybody love loved yeah. Jim Harbaugh because, yes, we did. And he took a pay cut. And he took a pay <laughs> There's cut. There's the irony in the whole thing. Did they give him the money back? He took the pay cut after the COVID year? Uh, yeah, he did. Or did he take a pay cut and have that transferred over into a bonus? What no, happened? No, he, is it, is it shuffling of the money? He That's took a the pay cut. Thing. He, he earned some. No, it was a legitimate pay cut. And... Um, God, I haven't read the contract in a long time. I think it was he, he took pay cuts he, he, and then he, it had some sweeteners if he accomplished some things. And he, and he made it a all lot back. Of them and that's gave my them to point. his assistants. And yeah. Well, no, that's they didn't hide it. You actually had to like beat Ohio State, uh, okay. get to the play, and he did. And you know what he did? He shared it with his coaching staff. Which he should. Okay, it's a good hmm. deal. Hmm. Which not, is interesting. I'm not the you Michigan know, person. Though, just you up know? the just up the highway, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, which will we'll help, get we'll get to. Help me, Grace. <laughs> But that was see. Did you you watch the game, Mark? Oh yeah, uh, three times now. <laughs> really? Uh, parts of it with yeah. the commercials? Yeah. No, no. I speak. I was breaking down film. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you see, man? What, what did you make? A lot. Line? I was more impressed with the offensive line than I was when I watched them live. I'm just weird that way. Hmm. 
Believe me, if they lost, I wasn't breaking down any film. Well, they were getting, they were not moving the line of scrimmage no, in the they beginning. Weren't. They, they, they weren't. They warmed down. They couldn't hit a hit a pass. No perseverance. Well, they had two, stick two together. Long. Yeah. Oh. It's just a Monday morning quarterback I, discussion. We'll get out because people hate it, but yeah, know, they they're do. twelve and older. They're going to the Big Ten championship. <laughs> they do hate it. Nice. No, nobody's going to court for assault. Yeah. Good point. Well, then what kind of game is that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am just kidding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't come after me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, go blue. Is he worth yeah. the money? Oh, I, I think he's worth every single penny, mainly because of you know there was no wait list to get tickets. I mean that program was pretty lousy under Hoke. And Rodriguez, and there was a lot of apathy, and people just weren't interested in it. Well, there's a huge wait list. Even before 2020, the, the wait list was back. The energy was back. And the, sport, and, the, sports, and the money's back. And the sports radio, you know it all. It's like, well, you know, he inherited an NFL roster. Okay, sure, whatever. So there's no comparison between him and Bell Tucker. But I'm like, you know what? When he inherited this NFL roster, still they got, were 5-7. and seven. Still got to win. He went to 10-2. and two. I mean, what do you, what do you want? The Lions lost. <laughs> I know. I know that much. <laughs> I know a hell of a game, though. I don't get the decisions they're making. You didn't like the third and one bomb down the field? No. I, think, no. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I just thought it was a bad throw. Yeah. And and there's another guy wide open underneath. But and, and so. It doesn't matter. They lost, so it's a bad decision. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very binary. Wins okay. or losses. All right. Now, before we get to what's going on in East Lansing, because there's some breaking news in that, with that football program that affects all of us who pay taxes, <laughs> I want to remind you that for the football season, the championship games, the holidays, AmericanConeyIsland.com, all the fixings to your door. What better way? Go Blue. Assigned cheese fries to go! Ready, set, go, red, go! Detroit might not make it to the championship, but you can have a little bit of Detroit at your next championship party. American Coney Island, 12 dogs with all the fixings. Air mail special, right to your door. That includes Alaska and Hawaii. AmericanConeyIsland.com. The first, the best, and better than all the rest. And they can't fly either! Yeah, baby, I'm going to Vegas! They got a Coney store there, too! Yeah! Charlie, there was uh, another game over the weekend the, uh, the Spartans did play, but a lot of the focus seems to be on, as you alluded to, Mel Tucker and his contract. The coach for the head Michigan coach of State the Michigan Spartan. State Spartans, which is which has been a big deal lately. You know, everybody knows ten years, nine and a half million dollars a year, a year ninety five total. We were sold that um, you know it was mainly paid for by two billionaires, Matt Ishbia and the guy no one else can name because everybody can name Ishbia. Yeah, don't worry about the obscene amount of guaranteed money at a public university. You don't have no right to know anything about it because a couple billionaires are paying for it. Exactly, which is lame. And then the, the free press, much to their credit, is, well, let me see the contract. Yep. Michigan State University. Yeah. Hey, you don't need to know shit. They haven't been terribly open by a lot, about a lot of things in the They got to be going to court. I know. Okay, so, so now they're spending money on lawyers to fight releasing uh, the contract, which they say is to protect the personal lives of these donors. Okay, and then so this is what 
you showed me this morning, right? Yeah, this is uh, Matt Ishbia from HBO's Real Sport when asked about uh, that contract. God, he looks like a dope. Look at his <laughs> marshmallow head. Look he at looks his. like a billionaire. <laughs> I don't know. You know this guy, the long-lost brother of Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Potato head. <laughs> you and another billionaire booster played a very large role in a very large contract for the football coach. Are you comfortable saying how large the gift was? I gave another $14 million to Michigan State is what I gave. And the reality is 10-year, $95 million contract sounds like a lot right now. In eight years, that'll be the middle of the road. Are there any provisions with that money, the $14 million? Are there any strings attached? No. Not that I'm aware of. No. Not that I'm aware of? Not that I'm aware of. So wait a minute. That's a weird Yeah, that is. That's a weird, but that's... Maybe he's answering there in terms of none that he's aware of as it relates to the coach. Well, I mean, that, that's been a big question. That's one of the reasons they want to see the contract is what do you get out of giving this money to hire Mel Tucker for 10 years? Like what, what kind of control or access do you have? I will give him a little bit of credit now because everybody's talking about this and he's just going to come out and say, this is what I gave. Right, so it kind of gets him off the hook, but I don't know why Michigan State is dragging their feet on releasing. Well, the I, th I think he's trying to get ahead of it, right? So he just releases it. But there, would there, I mean, would, there yeah. would there really be any formal contingencies for donors? You know, I mean, if they're, that's I the mean, worry. that's that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, and I think back to when I was at Michigan State, they were buying athletes' cars. These, I mean, they were doing all kinds of stuff. So I can only imagine what it's like now that the the flow of money into the athletic program. The athletic program should not run the university. But they do everywhere, Charlie. I know, I'm not, not going to say it doesn't happen like that at Michigan because you can hear Homer over here going like, oh. it didn't used to be, you know, well, a waiting a, list. It's, it's awesome now. Well, it's the first thing people think of when they think of a university, right? A lot of people think of the athletic department or either basketball or football. That's just, that's a fact. How'd that happen? Because it generates television. revenue. Yeah, yeah, television. I mean, Because we you enjoy know. the entertainment. Yeah. And it's a transition for athletes that are seeking to possibly go professionally. So, you know, the school that they attend, the exposure, the coach, all that stuff. So there's value in that. So you don't mind, Mark, that we pay obscene amounts of money, you know, 30 times what the governor's making, right? I mean, what, what's the governor's salary in Michigan? Less than $200,000 Yeah, well, a year. I really feel like players should get money. I mean, that's free labor. I'm not uh, disagreeing I, with that. Uh, yeah, I've, I don't want to go down that argument, but yeah, the money that the coaches are making is obscene because they have to spend it to maintain this aura of being a nonprofit, which is, is ludicrous. And you're saying, like, what does it matter because the athletic department makes its own money? They, are, they tend to be run separately from the university. So like an enterprise. Yeah, I mean, it's big business. It's, right. prof it's a professional sport. Like only in that Harbaugh piece that I did, only 20 athletic departments in the country make money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The rest of them have to be subsidized by the state, increased tuition, so we what we have. Well, they're not allowed to run a... Um, they're not allowed to run a profit. You remember during COVID, they talked about all the money they lost? It's like, yeah, because you don't save any because you can't run a profit because you're not profit, which is why you see... These saunas and waterfalls and these amazing um, athletic facilities because they have to spend it on something. That's why there's 30 associate athletic directors and yet the players zero. Hmm. I know they get cost of like a cost of living and NIL is a thing now, but they they get stuff. It's just not in a value. formal no. They don't get their value, but there should be formal compensation. But they do get they there do get now. financial benefit. There is now, but you better be a star. 
somebody. Yeah, and, and it gets the university off the hook, though, because that's not their money. That's money that funnels around the university to the athlete, which is just horseshit. It's, just, it's, it's just, a bullshit. It's a, it's a shell game. It's, and it's a, a bunch of adults. It's a bunch of adults just yeah. taking advantage of everything. Keeping their money, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Oh, I thoroughly agree with yeah, that. I just, just fuck off. What's going on? This yeah. country, man. So, okay, so Michigan State gets blown out by Penn State. Five and seven, not bowl eligible. (laughs) I wouldn't have described it as blown out, but we'll take it. Yeah, that's why I laughed. Doubled them up. What was the score? 34, 16, something like that? Yeah, about that, yeah. Doubled them up. Okay, they blew them up. I mean, that's a blowout. So, um, you know, now, now, now it comes to Mel Tucker now. Like, are you worth the money? Is he worth the money? And then if you're not succeeding, like Jim Harbaugh, they're trying to run him out, I remember. But you will hear... All right, well, if Mel Tucker was white, you wouldn't be hearing this. But because he's black, you're asking for his head. Do you find that to be true? Because that's not what I saw with Harbaugh. When you're the man, you're the man. If you lose, everybody wants your head. They don't care what color it is, right? Yeah, I think I think it boils down to winning. But I also think that people are probably a little hypersensitive to the fact that he is a black coach. Uh, and when you have the conversation at the national level about you know the absence of black coaching, um, sure. so I think that that weighs into to the conversation. But but people want to win. I mean, regardless. So. But you're right about that. So the the whole reason we are even thinking. All of this is the confluence this weekend. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a football show. Yeah. When is it really? Yeah, see, you didn't even know you were in it. Oh. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to your furs. <laughs> <laughs> but Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, was part of a profile in the Washington Post about the NFL and why there are so few black head coaches. Right. To which he claims it's about relationships, which mm-hmm. begs the question, what an old white guy in a locker room full of black men doesn't have relationship with black men? Qualified and he black men? He doesn't. They work for him. And that's the mistake that I think a lot of people make. You know, he's not friends with these folks. They are his means of generating revenue. That's it. So he can stand up and, you know, he did the fake take a knee and all that kind of stuff. Did but, he? But yeah, oh, but, yeah. but 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 it's it's a business. And so he doesn't. He probably no. Listen, we don't need to, to to try to write in to more than what it is or should be. Well, the question gets brought up because you know they do some digging and they find a photograph from. And he admitted he he came forward and said he was in it. They didn't figure it out. He said that's me in the picture. Well, they must have brought it to him. Yeah, but he admitted like well, he, okay, yeah. so it's 1957. Right. He wrote about it in his autobiography in 2010. Ah. So, I mean, it's him. He was mm-hmm. there. Right. At Little Rock. Uh, yeah, at what? North Little Rock, I think. There's right. the picture High of school. him. High mm-hmm. school. Right. There he 1957. is. Goober in the background. 14-year-old <laughs> kid looking over the heads of some other brush-cut kids. Some tough whitey in a, with a cigarette in his mouth. Some tough blacky in... Was that didn't come out right, did it? No, it didn't, Charlie. <laughs> White and black. And, and you can't fix that in we'll post. Fix it. No. But no. well, you know what I mean. I was just trying to be fair, but I'm just... I, I got you. I like, young white man, young black man. Right. But these are two black... These are, these are two black young men that are trying to go to school that are yeah. being met by a mob of white boys that don't want them in their school. Very bravely trying to go to yeah. school. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and seriously, who'd want to do that? And the guy, the, the, the guy that's in the plaid shirt, they actually found him and talked to him. 
um, to ask him about what that was like. And he said, you know, that was a long time ago. You know, if Jerry Jones said that he was just there out of curiosity, you know, that's fine. Is that you what know. Jerry Jones said? I, yeah, he said, I was just a curious person. I just I just wanted to know what was going on. But then didn't he also say, see if I have it right, he also said he didn't know what was going on? Yeah, he just wanted to see what was going on. I don't believe that. Everybody in that room knew what was going on. Everybody in that town knew what was going on. I can say if you're curious, do you have to be that close? I mean, because just down the road at uh, uh, Little Rock Central Central High School, Mm -hmm. they had to send in the 101st Airborne in order to allow young black people admission to that school. And Eisenhower had to send them. And see, Charlie, so what do you mean you didn't know what was going and, on? And this is this is the you know when we hear about banning books and people are talking about critical race theory when they really just don't want you know somebody else's interpretation of history they want to control it. It's because they don't want to see their grandfathers or their grandparents or even their parents were part of such a a, a, a wave of hatred. They want to remove themselves from that as opposed to saying, "Hey, yeah, that was me," and maybe explain why they were there. I don't, you know, but, but, you, but that's he, it. He did, but you, know. you, you don't accept it. No, I mean, he could be. I don't know. I can't tell you why anybody would show. That's part of the same mob mentality that we see now, even like on social media or whatever. People just feed into stuff. So was he a dumb enough kid to just show up to something that he knew nothing about? You know, was he there because his friends were there? Or was he really there because he, you know, bought into the fact that he didn't want his school integrated? Who knows? I don't know. Hmm. I... I know me. I, I'm. I'm. In, I'm. I'm going to the border. I'm not. I'm not going out of hate. I'm curious about my time on Earth. So, I. I, I don't know. But when we were talking about this, I. I do remember something mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. It was 1952. I wrote a story about it. it was um. I was reminded of it at my my father-in-law Larry Kuzniar. He was the uh, former head coach of uh, uh, UAD. Jesuit soccer Mm -hmm. and um, at his funeral a black man stood up to talk about a story they played at you know was Wayne University at the time Wayne Tarters and they played on the football team and they had to go to Washington University in St. Louis to play because they were in the same conference not really realizing 1952 that there was Jim Crow Mm -hmm. and they they take a train then the bus to the hotel and it's a segregated hotel. No black people. So some arrangement is made. There's, uh, I think there are five black players and 35 white players. And some arrangement was made that the black guys could stay in the hotel if they went up in the freight elevator. Hmm. So a discussion was had on the bus. And what the team came to was, if one has to go up in the elevator, we all go up in the elevator together, right? Because there's no other place to stay. Otherwise, I don't know what they would have right. would have done. But it was nine. I'm I'm really, and they all knew how segregated Detroit was because mm-hmm. until 1950, it was legal in this state say, to ban Jews and blacks mm-hmm. from particular areas. It's right. just just a fact. Mm-hmm. And um, but a bunch of young men. Bef- this is five years before. Jerry's over here on, uh, it's uh, three years before Rosa Parks refuses mm-hmm. to give up her seat. It's five years when the 101st Airborne has to come right. into Little Rock. It's 15 years before the segregation comes to a head in Detroit and mm-hmm. it, it erupts in an orgy of flames that some young men mm-hmm. playing football 
found it within themselves to be men together. But that's also credit to the coach, Charlie, because as you were talking about Harbaugh, when you were talking about Tucker, you know, the converse, sometimes inst- instances, coaches are surrogate fathers. They may be fathers, mm-hmm. period. You know, you don't know what the home is like. The father could be present but absent. And so that's a lesson of character that they absorbed or at least respected from that coach. And so you, you, you have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, and I, the man that told me about it, the black man, many, many years later, I believe his name was Egbert Richmond. He is in the Wayne State Athletic Hall of Fame. He um, was a high school coach at McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry, my father-in-law, he was a high school coach. So they, that's what sports to me, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit. That's okay. I'm very proud to be associated with men like that. You know, I'm hoping I can carry some of that because to me, ultimately, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, we can take this almost full circle in terms of um, the importance of sports. I mean, not just the monetary side of Mm -hmm. it, but I remember I just, I saw a show where I guess Snoop Dog did a redo of his, the coach uh, for his foot, his kids' football team, you know, and they were everybody was talking about how this guy sacrificed so much and what he meant, not just to the young men that he coached, but to the community at large and the impact, the residual impact that a positive coach can have on a family, on a person, on a community, on a society, on a people. Mm-hmm. So it, it, ha- it, it resonates. So, yeah, there is value in it. Plus, being on a team teaches you to deal with other people for a common right. goal, which yep. I think a lot of people could you know, yes. get something yeah, out of. You're right. How to get along with All somebody maybe you otherwise people. don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that I, in newsrooms. Like, you can tell they didn't play a lot of sports, <laughs> not because of their physical grace, right. but because it's so mean and un team like. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just like us, we're a team. I mean, everybody plays a part, and, you know, for a shared goal. And I think that more people need to really think like that on the larger scale when we talk about community and a society and the impact that it has on everybody else. You know, people tend to think about what it means to them. And it's not always about what it means for you. But what about the person behind you? What about the person that comes after you? What about somebody else? It's a collective benefit. Mm. Well, by the way, I was just looking so because I, I wanted it right. Mm-hmm. Albert Richmond. Okay. And Larry Kuzniar, mm-hmm. 1952, a lot to be proud of there. Yeah. They were behaving better than the adults. Did they win? They lost 13 to 12. Okay. They missed two extra points. Oh, what are they, what are they the Spartans? Fire the coach! Fire, <laughs> Fire the, the coach. I don't care no. what he's teaching them. <laughs> I don't care. Coach. Racial brotherhood and equality. That's garbage. We need a win. Hey, Mark needs to be fired. He said, what are they, the Spartans? Uh, they, they had some kicker trouble. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was defending you, Mark, now. It's <laughs> a fact. I don't know. And let me, because it, it is still bubbling in my head. I, I apologize about saying whitey and blacky. I mean, I hope you know where my heart's at. I was trying to be clever. Yeah, because you know people now, man. They all... Well, we'll go, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Hey, because if, if all I, that blood's coursing through me. Let me say that. So I'm just trying to, uh, you know. Charlie, if I thought that you meant that in a negative way, I would say <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, you would have. Everybody in this room was grace. Every, I mean, so 
Well, <laughs> I'm, as soon as Whitey came out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh, I, ooh, I better, I better even that up." Oh, that's even worse. Now wait a minute. Don't, don't if, now if you slip up and say something else, then we got another problem. Oh, delay. <laughs> so no. Um, it's not even Thursday night. I know. So you got the show handle next week. I don't have a this choice. Week, Thursday yeah, and Thursday Monday. and Monday. Right. So what do we what do we get to do besides talk to you and Byron in Mexico? Um, Whatever you, we want to do. That's yeah. what he said, but then he got on you for doing something earlier. So you got to do that. Look, when I'm gone, bust his ass. I don't know if I'll be here. I heard I was fired. Someone told no, me. No, you that. said you were oh. fired. No. That would be. Let's quit. roll the tape. Oh yeah, that's right. It's not there. <laughs> Hey, so do I get to have guests? Like, what do I do? Yeah, we'll, we'll take care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I would never fire. Well, 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 we'll get it all taken care. We we got a real good one. Okay. You know, the world's getting warm because there's too many people. Too many people on the move because there's no place to be. The That's world's true. getting crowded. So, except here in Detroit. What is it? What is the name of that hippie? Do you remember the, uh, the name of his movement? The name of his movement, I totally forget. That's because you were on vacation and didn't tell anybody. I know his name's Fire. last night. Yeah, I knew his name last night. What happened between well, it's the then and now? He's he's the creator of the volunteer human extinction movement. So this is like yeah. the purge kind of thing. Maybe he's just believing. He's just believing there's too many people, so we should voluntarily extinguish ourselves. But isn't that contributing to the homicide rate? Maybe somebody says, "Well, hey, I'm going to take this a different way." Well, in a legal manner. Okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not like suicide is illegal. It's too. not like he's cutting his nuts off, putting on a jumpsuit, getting a bad haircut, and waiting for hail bop to come. <laughs> Doe. No, he's not, not doing that. They're not drinking any <laughs> Kool Aid, and they're not killing anybody. Very interesting. Okay. You'll want to tune in, Karen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll do that. She'll be here. <laughs> Which, um, by the way, so just thinking of all this, I was just really thinking, and I hope you're all not bored, but I'm thinking of St. Louis and my father-in-law. I'm thinking of Jerry Jones and Little Rock. I'm thinking just about my old grandfather mm -hmm. who was born black in Louisiana and died white in Michigan. Mm -hmm. I was just, just thinking about all of it. And it was a story that I did. You remember like, at the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, mm -hmm. and, and they were walking to Montgomery for, for voting, the right to vote, and they were attacked. So we went, we went, we went to Birmingham. We went to Selma, but we went to mm -hmm. Birmingham instead, where it all started. You know what I mean? With um, the fire hoses being, there, were, there was an iconic picture. The dogs. The dog mm -hmm. and the cop holding the dog on the 15-year-old yep. kid. So I remember that, and... I just, I just wanted to play it. Okay. You know, it's a I, powerful piece. I hope it, it works in a in an audio way alone. If not, we'll fix that too. But anyway, this is uh, the story of one iconic photograph. In 1965, peaceful marchers demanding their right to vote are attacked by police in Selma, Alabama. This year marks the 50th anniversary of what is known as Bloody Sunday. There's a Hollywood movie playing now. The media will surely swarm to Selma like ants on a pile. We instead go north to Birmingham, Alabama, where two years earlier in 1963, a desperate Martin Luther King whose movement has stalled sends thousands of black teenagers and young adults into the streets to protest segregation. 
authorities respond with fire hoses and attack dogs. This image runs on nearly every front page in the country. It's considered one of the most iconic photographs of the era. Black teenager, white cop, vicious dog. The photo is said to make President Kennedy sick, and a nation is forced to confront itself. The police was running us with the dogs, and I was defiant because I was always taught you're never supposed to run from a dog. So. We ran across the street, we just pushed it, and the water hose was so powerful, uh, it would knock you down. A lot of people got knocked down, pinned us up against the wall, and I lost my hearing in, in my right ear on account of the water, the pressure of the water hose. That was just that powerful. Of all the ones that they arrested, they, had, they didn't have enough room for them, so they had them in a fence outside the city jail. and. Um, they had to be fingerprinted before they could be bunded out and released. So that was my job. My two brothers, they were at the fairgrounds. They didn't go to jail. They were younger. And they had a large wall of fence. People would buy bologna's, sandwich, chips, and cookies and throw it over the fence to them and they would stand there and catch it. Little children. I have no reason to uh, apologize because in my eyes I'd done nothing wrong while I was working. I was just doing a job. Sometime in the fire. A week later, the city of Birmingham agrees to desegregate. Four months after that, a bomb planted in a Birmingham church by the Ku Klux Klan kills four schoolgirls. Sometime in the water. This marks the turning point in America. The Civil Rights Act is soon enacted, making segregation illegal. No Birmingham, no photo, no March on Washington, and no Selma. I wanted to find the men in the photograph, ask them how far they think the country's come. The teen's name is Walter Gadsden. I couldn't locate him. He seems to have evaporated into history. The cop has for years been identified in books and articles as Dick Middleton. Two decades ago, he told historian Diane McWhorter that the photo didn't bother him. Middleton's old colleague remembers him too. Yeah, I've seen it. And that is Officer Middleton. And I don't know, the dog is on the leash, but I, you know, I, I got no answer because I wasn't there. Dick Middleton is still alive, living in Birmingham, Alabama. It's not him. What, he's the, was a Birmingham police officer, yeah? Yeah, that's not, that's not him. He told uh, Washington Post it was him. No, no, it, it's not. Would, would you ask him, would you show him this? Yeah, yeah, I mean, people bring it to him, it's not him. So, oh, people bring it before? People have done it before, yeah, it's not him. Who is that? I have no idea. It's not him, some other Birmingham cop. Yeah. I don't think that's Dick. His uh, buddy's co-worker said it was. Yeah, no, I don't think that's him. Well, that's 50, what is it, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Yeah. I didn't think it was him when I looked at it. No, that, it's not him. So you knew about it too, yeah? The picture? Yeah. 
Well, everybody in the world's known about it. Yeah, that's true. You his son? No. Son-in-law. Right. Not him, huh? No. Nobody wants to be that cop, the eternal symbol of oppression. And no matter who he is, we should remember it was the children of Birmingham who filled his jail cells and ultimately fulfilled the promise of one person, one vote. It's a gift we should all accept and put to use. That's a powerful piece, Charlie, but it speaks. People, pe people don't understand the depth of hate in this country that black people have been subjected to and continue to be subjected to. And then like the son-in-law, they just want to disregard the fact that they were either participants, that they supported it, or they condoned it, or that they overlooked it. Well, I think you're minimizing it. I think we have a real good idea how people have been treated. A really very good idea. I think we all do. And what's... Looking at that, what was... That was probably, of all the work I've done, all the names I've written down, all the stories I've chronicled, that was one of the oddest. It really, mm -hmm. standing on that porch, I've never heard somebody or somebody's people deny yeah, it was them. I, 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 as I said, I went there, you know, like Jerry Jones, like, what, what have we learned? You are a creature of that time. In that environment. It's very iconic we all look at that and to your point kind of we know some depths of of hate misunderstanding segregation bondage the legacy of all we do anybody says any difference not telling the truth but i he, he couldn't call me never came he told he told the historian didn't bother him fine mm -hmm. what did you learn what where are we going to? What 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 is the obviously there's there's a way forward. Give us some clue about your time on Earth, and it's it wasn't me. <laughs> that too, Charlie speaks to the fact when we talk about you know, like I said a few minutes ago. Let's just let's pretend it did not happen. Let me take myself out of the equation. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. I don't want to be a part of it, <coughs> not because. I didn't think it was the right thing to do at that time. Maybe I don't even think that it's the right thing to do now. I just don't want to be criticized for it. I don't want to be included in that. I just, I don't know. But I, I mean, would, for his, for his, for his son-in-law to say, you know, yeah, I know, that's not him. I don't think that's him. I don't think that's him. He said that in the end of the interview. That's him. Diamond Water, the, the author. historian, knows mm -hmm. very well. Talk to him. That was his partner. Mm -hmm. Other people in town, not in that piece. No. Um, he's got a gun on his left hip. He was left hand. It just, what are we doing? But everybody wants to justify it, Charlie. Just like the, the other officer that you talked to and he said, well, uh, at least the dog is on a leash. Yeah, but he's got this guy's torso in his mouth. Like everybody has a reason or a means of justifying their behavior, regardless of how bad it is. Well, in my book, I wrote about that guy, the, the partner in his living room there, who said, things changed, they had to change, and I'm glad they changed. So that's something about your time on earth to, to leave. 
That's not a bad thing to come out of a person's mouth. It's not a bad thing to come out of a person's mouth, Charlie, but it... Try being pa- generous, Karen. But, but I am, but it pales in reality. I mean, that's like... That's you, well... Charlie. No, 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 no. It, it, it does. And let me tell you why. You've got people, and it's, you got people that walk around... That is know, his reality. White people. Yeah, but how does he live his life? That's what I'd want to know. Does hmm. he, that's, that's, what I, that's what I'd like to see. Well, that's what I'm saying. So? How does, not just how does he sum it up in, in, a, in a comment to you, but like you got people that have. But wait, let me what? please. Go ahead. I mean, you're doing the same thing. You you don't know. So you're, you know, you're just, I'm saying if I'd you like want to see, know. if you want, then go, then go to the border. I I I suggest everybody do something with their life. Not you know. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I got you. Like, I know. Be curious. Be human. Go find out. And Charlie, and, I, and don't I hide agree. the past. And 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 I understand. And I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But I mean, I was about to make a point like you've got, I've seen, you know, I remember seeing a, a white person walking down the street here in Detroit with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on. And this guy that appeared to be homeless was approaching her and she got in the street like to get away. Like, okay, make up your mind. Saying things and buying into campaigns and 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 all of those things mean nothing. If you can't look a person that doesn't look like you in the eye and give them the courtesy of speaking. Or giving them the same common respect. I'm, I'm saying don't buy into the, you know, you know, you're marching and you're doing all this. But how do you live your life? That's what makes a difference to me. And I try to live my life that way. I, I, give, every, I, I give everybody the same level of courtesy and respect until you dictate that I need to do otherwise. Well said. That's it. Period. Said, <laughs> I mean seriously. I just I don't like stuff like this. I don't, and I and I hate that what people stuff don't, don't understand. You like? Well, I just you know, I it just wait, wait, wait. What, what are you talking about? Well, no, no, not this. I mean, just the well, the, the back, fact that we're back to here. The fact that we're in a no, not here. I mean, just the fact that we are in a country that's capable of being so much better than we are. That we spend more time into pretending and putting up a facade than we do changing the reality of who we are. Well, I would say, all that being true, it is the one culture on earth that changes as rapidly as it does. This great experiment that is called. Like, that was, that was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. That was where a girl's getting a fire hose put on her head. You know what I mean? Are we there? No. Uh, make America great again? I don't even believe we've reached our greatness. I was going to say again. I'm not so sure it ever was. But it, I'm but, saying yeah. we haven't reached our yeah. greatness. I, I mean, the experiment it, goes on. But it's, and it's not great for anybody if it's not great for everybody. Right. And you know what I believe? No. People are not created equally. They're not. They're different. We're all different in some way. We have some things, mm-hmm. you know. But this country, the promise is we all have an equal opportunity, which is not the truth. That's true. It's not. And so when we get there, we will have reached our greatness. And equality will never be realized as a result of a policy or a result of a promise. It comes down to a personal practice. And that's why all the laws on the books and all the things mean nothing. Well, because you can circumvent those, uh, Charlie. That's well. They do mean something. That's 
Well, yeah, that's but, like that was institutional. But I, I, and that wasn't. And oh, hey, I, I get it. So okay, I take that there is value in that. But but the reality is, Charlie, is that while segregation and discrimination may be illegal, they're very much practiced in different ways yeah. today. Yeah. And they're and and people of color continue to be penalized because of it, not because there's not a law on the book, but because the person that's behind the the the, the desk or behind the counter or behind the whatever is functioning from something in their heart that well, has nothing to do with a policy. If you, or a law. if you want to throw away the bullshit political slogans, let's stop with people of color. This political grouping. Because the African experience in this country is much different That's than true. the Asian or That's the true. European Thank you. or you're the right. native people. Black people. Then let's, call, let's say that. that. You're right. You're right? absolutely right. You're so, right. It's another thing. And yes, it, it should be taught. You're right. I don't think you got to give it big coded words like it should be taught. That's true. You're right. I'll give you that. You're right. Right on. And you know what? Keep your house in order. Keep your house in order. And... I, I, I'm trying to segue to Hall. And I no, this I, I'm, I'm hearing this. I don't know how you're going to do it. But okay. it's, it's real simple. Like some ways that we've really changed, like home ownership in Detroit itself. When my great grandfather came, right, they put up a Berlin Wall, a cinder block Berlin Wall on Burwood Street, mm -hmm. separating the east side of Burwood from the west side of Burwood to qualify for federal housing mm -hmm. funds to build. Right. And because segregation was the, the law of the land in the south they had to build a wall in order to get these funds and it's still there and it's become a landmark now mm -hmm. and my grandfather built his house on burwood mm -hmm. kendall and burwood on the white side right there in his backyard there it was that's changed now the wall is don't forget but if if we want to equal opportunity lender fair housing no it's not but we can get there i want you to consider if you are looking for the house if you save the money those interest rates have fallen think of my my man david hall david hall Morgan. fair enough hi i'm david hall from hall financial the top rated realtors in michigan have said that our five-star certified pre-approval is a game changer to the home buying process Hall Financial's focus on speed and client service allows you to take on the housing market and win. When you're ready to purchase your new home, you need to make Hall Financial your first call. The mortgage company realtors trust and buyers love. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us at callhallfirst.com. And you know what? When you get a house, you need to insure it. That's true. Call Legacy now, Partners. that is true. You need to insure You need it. to insure everything. And you need not to get ripped off. That's true, too. Because if the one thing that's more serious than anything, more serious than death, is money in America. That's true. That's the true color. It's green. That's As why the I, sports program. That's why we do what we do. Eh? I feel kind of silly in my bumblebee yellow letterman cheerleading sweater. I think it looks great. Yeah, thank you. Still it should be green, but okay. No. Uh, listen, <clears throat> my home, my cars, my daughter, as you know, is now licensed. She is driving. Right? And she's driving. You know, and we have the insurance. It was like that. And when we were looking to switch and they were giving me a quote, they added in what my daughter would cost. So we were already prepared. We're, That's a big factor. That is such personal service. You know what I mean? Like 
looking at us, getting us better insurance for less. I couldn't be more happy. And did you say the coverage increased as well? The coverage increased. The note went down. And my daughter is covered. Well, yeah, I think the car stuff went up a little bit. Like that, you know. But, she, but she's 16, yeah. so yeah. She, yep. Yeah, but that's cool. But they took care of us, so we're not even worrying about that. So when I go to Mexico, she's going to drive herself to school. Hey. Really? See? Wow. This is what I'm talking about because <laughs> companies don't give you personal service. David Hall does. Legacy Partners do. Uh, do. Proud to call him a sponsor and a friend and my insurers. Call him at 586-209-4106. That's all you need to do. Um, they'll get back to you today. So, Charlie, I want to ask you this on a personal note. The number again, 586-209-4106. That wasn't the question. Okay, but I got it in. Okay, I'm glad you did. But, you know, that's always, a, and this is something that I, I do respect about you. When you are picking her up or dropping her off, that is the time <laughs> that you dedicate to her. You don't do it off the phone when she's coming to, you know, you focus on her. How is that changing and what will you do differently now that she may be driving without you? I don't know. I'm kind of happy for her. Yeah, you should be. But, you know, I'm, but I'm, you know, those Saturdays is raining. And I'm like, go see a friend. Yeah, I got that. Charlie. Be home by, be, but but well, that be, has been part of be home by dark. And okay. then. You know, it gets dark as, and I'm on the phone. Where are you? <laughs> I mean, it's part of your bonding with her, Charlie, not in terms of your parenting. But that, that bonding becomes the piece of, it changes. Okay. And now it's, the bond will morph into something new. Okay. And the reason I said, like, she's on her own now is like, mm -hmm. what, what you're preparing her to do. Right. And you live through that. And so we'll find a new way, I guess. Okay. You've, That's cool. You've already been through it. So I, this is the part about love. About, right. about having children, so I disagree with the self-extinction movement because <laughs> to, to have a child is to unlock something you didn't know That's true. was so even and it, there. And it is our responsibility as parents to make our children greater than us. Oh, my God. That's going to be hard. It is. Make America great. And I didn't say that, Charlie. Well, no. You, you, so we, we, can, we can take that phrase. You can. But I mean, but, with it. But, it, but, it, but it had that has a whole different definition to it. But it can. But you're supposed to. But this is the issue I have when parents try to make their kids be like them. Think like me. Do what I think is best. Do what I did. Follow my path. Then we're duplicating the very problems that we pretend we're trying to get away from. Well, allow them to be themselves. But do what I'm telling you, kid. Okay. And then go be yours because you're asking mm -hmm. about like, you know. Right. You have to give them that core. The core. But you have to allow them to be themselves. Yes. And maybe, you know, things never change if you don't allow them to do something different than what you did. The great thing is when they point out your inconsistencies. Oh, I hear and that. Like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, wow. it's coming, Mark. Wow. No. <laughs> it is coming. Yeah, it is. You know, and speaking of football. Yes. <laughs> what about the other football? <laughs> the World Cup. I love it. USA oh, versus soccer. Iran tomorrow. Yes, yeah. and it's pronounced Iran. Yeah, not Iran. No. That's uh, what? Flock of Seagulls? Yeah, Iran. <laughs> the Islamic Republic of Iran. Isn't that the full title? There you go. Yeah. So you said there's a little dust up going on, Mark. Mark is so oh, smart. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is like a social media world dust up because the U.S. put out uh, their match for tomorrow, which is 2 o'clock. Everyone should watch it. It's a great sport. I don't care what you say. Um, and they it took is. the um, little symbol, the religious symbol, off the middle of the flag. So I think it was just red, white, and green. But that little symbol is Arabic. It's kind of a stylized version of the word uh, Allah. And uh, they took it off of there. And, of course, people were just up in arms about it. But the interesting thing is the soccer team of Iran was like, no, nah, we're not going to use that as motivation. That's not what that's not what we're here for. 
which is interesting because they haven't been singing their own national anthem because there are world there's protests going on over there. Women's and I rights. feel like no one is paying attention to it in the world. It's really odd. I mean, this is a big, big protest. And, and again, that's something about sports because it'll bring yes. that to yeah. the world. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, and puts and, it center stage. And the the script in the Iranian flag is it Arabic or is it Farsi? Or? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's a stylized version. I they maybe it's Farsi. Maybe I misspoke. Because Iranians are not Arabs. Arabic. Yeah, sorry. Persian. Just something to are they know. Persian. Per, well, you know, it depends who you're talking to. Okay. Yeah, it used to be called Persia. It did. the revol- yeah. revolution, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. Iran. Yeah. So there's that, and then. What's really interesting this is, cool, is yeah. the Japanese national team showing mm-hmm. you what the Japanese are all about. Karen pointed this one out too, which is <laughs> the fans, when they're done out of respect for a stranger's place, a stranger's home where they are a guest, the fans are picking up the garbage. Yep. That's, that's crazy. I love it though. That's nuts. You don't see that at Ford Field. <laughs> you sure the hell don't. <laughs> and uh, here, the locker room here was also cleaned. Mm-hmm. The players and the staff... Did origami swans <laughs> stacked up all the leftover water? It's immaculate. But it boils down to one word, Charlie: respect. Respecto. Self-respect and respect for others, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Yeah, look at that. There's the swans. You don't see that at Ford Field either. No, I couldn't imagine athletes making origami like that. <laughs> what, <laughs> you imagine Aiden, Aiden it doesn't Hutchinson? have to be origami. It could just be some form of acknowledgement uh, of sure, appreciation. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it, and they teach their kids. Like we're talking, yep. they teach their kids young. Do you know they have the world's greatest lost and found in Japan? Really? Yeah. Like in Tokyo, like last year, a couple of years ago, about $50 million in Tokyo, mm-hmm. right? Greater Tokyo's. About 30 million, Tokyo itself is 8 million. $50 million was returned to the police lost and found, and three quarters of it found its way back. Don't see that at Ford Field either. Mm-hmm. Umbrellas. <laughs> That's the largest one, I think. Cell phones, yep. 10,000 mm-hmm. umbrellas. Yeah, man. I mean, what a, what a thing. Yeah, what but a- it's, it, it's, it's, it's ingrained in their culture. You know, respect. Respect for elders. Respect for things and just, you know, that there's a, there's a better way. And, and it speaks to the fact that it's not just about them. It's about everybody else. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, the collective benefit of courtesy. But give New York its props. I mean, once I remember a, a Stradivarius was left on the subway, $100,000 violin, mm-hmm. returned. I remember that. Because some Knicks tickets were returned. How do I know this? Because... You returned them? No, because I, <laughs> I'm a worldly guy. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what Detroit's lost and found looks like. And so I went to, you know, the... <laughs> the Coolidge Terminal, where there's a lost and found, and locked in a safe, the holy grail of all returned objects was a, was a, uh, a purse, handbag, containing $65. Wow. This uh, was more money than I thought would have been in there. Yeah, there was, uh, what else did I see in there? Um, there was a bag of dirty laundry, an empty purse covered in synthetic hair, a set of door keys, and a pair of dentures. Okay. I know. Well, that speaks that speaks to the environment here. We're broke as <laughs> pretty much sixty five dollars, or or that we're just protective of our stuff to the point where we don't lose <clears throat> it. How about that? I remember them bringing the purse out with the sixty five dollars, like like you know they're wearing plastic gloves and it's it's the skull of Lucy and you know what I mean. It's the holy grail to check it out. Sixty five dollars, <laughs> and what happens if somebody doesn't uh, 
claim, claim it. it. Yeah. The bus driver gets it. Oh, really? And, so in, and Tokyo, after six months, the finder. But let's take it back just a step. It all depends on the bus driver turning it in. So we don't know what did not make it to the lost and found. Oh. Because, I, I mean, I remember, I knew, you Your know. Your outlook I, I, is so dark. What? No, it's not dark, Charlie. I'm being realistic. The okay, a bus driver did find six T-bone steaks, and he ate very well that That's night. my point. So that story like was related. You, to me. you you have to rely on that person picking it up and turning it in. I mean, you know, people find things all the time, and they see, you know, when people find money, I wouldn't turn that in. I wouldn't like why it's not yours. But people like the the transit, the buses that pick you up, that take you to the airport, you know, from the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I used to hear people talk all the time about the stuff that they find. Like, yeah, they turned some in, but did they turn it all in? Yeah, but did they find dentures? Uh, probably not. <laughs> thinking about the guy who's lost his dentures, poor guy. Yeah. Or girl. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why they left the stakes there. They lost their dentures. <laughs> You're welcome. But <laughs> boom. All right, well, you know, that's the program. Hopefully, me and Byron, we're not going to get lost. We're going to find something. Send us the prayer. Send us your thoughts. We'll call you Thursday. Thank you. All right. Peace and brotherhood.